This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey guys, here's a message from one of our partners, SpiderVPN. As we all know, browsing the internet can be full of hidden dangers and snoopers, but you can easily protect yourself and at the same time get access to all your favourite websites and streams by using SpiderVPN. They have some amazing offers right now and have come highly recommended. Check them out at spidervpn.org and uh, get yourself some great offers now. And don't forget to mention Dazzling Dave or Always Wolves to get yourself a real nice discount. That's spidervpn.org. Good evening. Uh, good evening to everyone. I'm, um, I've got a nice little Christmassy backdrop as we're entering Christmassy week. So I thought I'd try and be a little bit festive. And uh, this is the Extra Time Show for what is another goalless draw um, for our team, Wolverhampton Wanderers, against another title-chasing team in Chelsea. The difference with this one, um, in the, the last two the last two against Liverpool and City, we actually managed not to concede. I uh, thought Jose Sar made a really good save in the second half, Wolves. Uh, obviously created, I think, more chances, especially in the first half. Uh, we know that there was a little bit of doubt over the game in terms of, obviously, um, we know that Chelsea actually put in a, a request to have it postponed, but it was rejected by the Premier League. So, we're gonna, we'll, we'll, I've no doubt that we'll come into that. And we've got some guests already lining up some uh, in the green room. So, we've got loads and loads of... Uh, Great contributors for this one. And um, we're going into the Christmas period with Wolves on 25 points. Eight, I know that we've probably played a game more than most. But I think after the first three games of the season, with the run that we've had, um, to still be in and around the eighth position is still pretty good. So um, before we get on to the first of our guests, let's have a, a look down who we've got. Um Cole Whitehouse, Merv Bennett, Trudy Price, Wolves FC, Q 
Kieran, Barry. Um, we've got Cacti Merricks is here as well. Loads of people in chat. I think Manny's here. I don't know whether Manny's coming on. I've sent him the link. Um, we've got loads here. So please um, let us know where you're watching from in the uh, in the world and who you're watching with. I always find it fascinating to see where people are from. And please uh, feel free to share this on any WhatsApp or Facebook groups. Do us a favour, smash a like to the video because it lets YouTube know that it's popular. And we're going to go and kick off straight away with extra time royalty. <laughs> Hello, Paul. I'm not quite sure I deserve that uh, accolade, to be fair, but I'll take it. Well, we're going to... We, there we go. That looks much, so much better. Well, it is. You're a regular contributor on this and a very popular contributor as well, along with some of the other people as well. And you've been doing it with us for a long, long time now. And uh, it was good to accidentally bump into you before yeah. the game today uh, with you and your uh, two girls. And you, I think it was your cousin. Or... Yeah, it was with my cousin today, yeah. Your cousin, because your dad's not very well, is he? No, he's out of action with COVID, but he's pretty. Um, he's been feeling pretty rough with it, to be fair, but... Hopefully back for the Watford game, if that's on. Yeah, your dad's such a lovely bloke. Uh, was it, what game did we... Was it, was it Villa? It was yeah, Villa. I think he's seen you at Villa, yeah. Um, he goes everywhere, though he hardly misses a match ever, so um, probably see a fair bit of him around. No, that's good as well. And um, you also managed to get a picture with Michael Kitely. Yeah, he's a really nice bloke as well. He was just um, mingling in the in the fan zone before the match. Good atmosphere there, actually. There's um, pop the down. I've actually got a little bit of it on my uh, match vlog, which will be out tomorrow. Um, I've got the Wolf Pack Owlers on there as well, so you might be on there in the background somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a really nice guy. I mean, um, going back to like late, uh, what 2007, 2008, that he was in his prime then, and I, I used to really love watching him play. So direct, um, real goal threat, great at crossing as well. Um, I actually think he's the last person I had on the back of my shirt. Oh, really? Kitely? Yeah. So, um, But he's a really nice guy. Just had a lovely chat to him about um, his son. is playing football to a good level now. And he was telling me he's only 36, Michael Kitely. But is he he's really? Had, it's yeah. Hold on, how old's Martinio? 35. 35. I know, yeah. that's mad. He's playing for the All-Stars now, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's telling me he's had seven operations and... It's got to the stage where he was trying to play, and it would have it was taking him days to recover from a match. Yeah. So he just doesn't um, play to any level now, which is such a shame because, like I said, I think he was such um, a talented player uh, for us, and a big reason why we got promoted as champions in two thousand and nine. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, he's always going to have a, a place. So. Can you imagine though? I mean, the All Stars team. You've got him, and uh, I think Manny was saying that. When he, he played the a game, and I think it was like Kitely and Jarvis or something like that. One fancy been fallback against them. I know, crazy. I, I, I hope they haven't come up against me yet, though, in my number ten <laughs> position. So um, I, when I played uh, on the pitch earlier on this year in the um, the game that was organised by the fan cast, I wasn't fully I wasn't fully fit because I was still getting back to my full fitness. Uh, playing tennis, from a lot fitter now. So I think if I get a game next year, I'll, and they play me in the actual right position, which is like where I normally play a number ten or you know that type of thing, I think I can cause a lot of damage because I am a bit of a le I'm lethal 
in front of goal. People I'm expecting a call-up myself. Hey, you what, sorry? I'm expecting a call-up. Well, mate, mate, lot, lot. we'll just basically, everyone will think we've got Jotter up front, yeah. mate, <laughs> with you. Uh, let's get on to the game today. I, I mean, what, what? give us a, briefly a quick overview of your, your thoughts initially. Yeah, um, overall, it's a, I'd say it's a point gained. I wouldn't have yeah. settled for nil-nil at the start of the match because I yeah. did, did believe that we were good enough to sneak a win. And if you'd have asked me at half-time, would you take nil-nil? I still would have said no. Because actually, I thought up until half time, if we'd have gone one nil in at half time, one nil up, yeah. they couldn't have complained. I think that we edged the first half and we restricted them to next to nothing. I think um, we more than edged the. Fir- I think we more than edged the first half. Yeah. I gave I gave Chelsea in my half time when I did my half time report for the vlog. I'd say I give Chelsea the first five minutes and the last five minutes of the half, but everything in between, I felt that we were the better team, controlled it, had the better chances. Um, it might have been a different story in the second half, mind you, but the first half, I, th- I think we were um, deserving of that lead. Absolutely. Um, it's a shame we didn't go in 1-0 up because I felt if we did score, that would have been game over, really. I think whoever scored the first goal was going to win 1-0. Yeah, that that match. Um, but I mean, against the European champions, we're having and we're having a discussion about whether you know we're happy with a nil nil or not. I think it's a big indication of of, of how far we've come in in general. Um, and I haven't seen the offside goal uh, from Pedence, but I think with offside, um, it's pretty much black and white, isn't it? It's either on or off. Have you seen a replay of that goal? Well, to be honest, I have seen a replay of it. And also, Paul, um, I don't know if you've seen it, but I actually got the uh, the goal. And I sometimes put goals up, but I've never put a disallowed goal up before. Mm. But I have put on my channel, which you can all watch, it's only about a 30-second clip, which is the Daniel Pedance disallowed goal. Now, yeah. I've kind of watched it back, um, obviously from my angle, and I've watched it back on the Sky Highlights. And... Raul is in an offside position. He yeah. is. He's about a yard in front. And I think he tries to shoot or he tries to get onto it, but he doesn't touch the ball. And they're basically saying that the goal was disallowed because Raul was interfering with play. Like it's like sometimes they have a, someone distracting the keeper or whatever it is, but yeah. he wasn't standing directly in front of the keeper. I think that... Mendy was half dived to save it, and then it goes out to uh, Daniel Pedence, and he yeah. puts the ball in the net. Now, it's again, it's another VAR. It's gone to VAR. It's been I think there's 24 seconds between a scoring and the flag going up, or something daft like that. Right. And to me, I think it's a bit harsh because I think even if. Raul isn't in that position and he doesn't try to shoot and it goes to Pedence. Mendy, I don't think, saves that goal anyway. I think he's clear through. It's, he puts it away. I don't, I don't think he'd save it anyway. But we were celebrating for a, for a while and then it was like, what? it's been disallowed again. And there was nothing on the screen, was there? They've stopped doing that, haven't they? And it's um, a shame, really, because it's important to communicate with the fans, clearly. I, I think the cross is probably intended for Jimenez, though. And if he's right in the middle of the penalty box, you know, we can have no complaints about that. 
But one thing I did want to say on the show tonight is um, against Liverpool, obviously we defended really well. We offered nothing going forwards in that match. Maybe the first five or ten minutes, but it was better today because we offered quite a bit for a sustained period of time. In that first half, we were in the ascendancy. If there was going to be a team going in ahead at half-time, it was going to be us. So I did see a more front-foot approach to the Liverpool match, which is what I wanted to see. We know how solid we are. We know we're a very difficult team to break down against. What we all want to see is, okay, can we offer a bit more threat going forwards? And we did that today, I think. So I'm pretty pleased with the progress. That's one of the things I said, I think, on my match match reaction uh, straight after the game. I felt, although not so much in the second half, but we did offer more offensively. It was just disappointing that when Traore come on, we never really got him into a position to run at or attack. And we kept losing the ball a lot in the second half. There's a question here. Um, A thought. uh, Does anyone else think... Kante, who I thought had a very good game for Chelsea, and you can see why he's such a quality player. That little guy is brilliant. Watching him play today, yeah, magic. But anyone else think that Kante should have deserved red for a game VAR was against us? Didn't do anything this time to stop his hand. Pedence was clear one on one, and I think that's a, an interesting point. What, what's your take on that? Straight away, I shouted handball. I mean, it's the whole the whole stadium shouted it. Yeah, the assistant, uh, the referee's assistant, is right opposite is right next to him and I'm surprised well maybe I'm not surprised but <laughs> I did shout for a handball straight away so um be interesting to see that one back and the comment there about um you know denying him a 1v1 well it would have wouldn't it because Pedence would have been through uh, and there wasn't anyone else near him so it would have been and it did hit his arm but again it seems like I don't know whether, I mean, we have got gold tinted glasses, but we always seem to be on the wrong end of every VAR decision. I can't remember us getting one, ever. To be honest, I'm struggling myself, to be be honest. But it always just seems like, I mean, that, he's clean through. He stopped the play, he's hit his arm. How intentional it is, I don't know. But it's his arm's out. Like one thing that. I can guarantee, it was more of a handball than the one given against Matinho against Man City, where it's hit his back or armpit. Guarantee it would have been more of a handball than that. Well, Kieran Russell says, hi, David. Yeah, he blocked it. I think I've mentioned uh, just Manny's put in the chat, Canty was handball, Pedence was through. Um, you know, if it was the other way around, the Wolves player would have been sent off. That's kind of how we feel it. Roger Thompson saying... Clearly handballed it. Neil says VA sort of decided to cheat as usual. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I felt I felt that the whole stadium. You don't have the whole stadium shout in. You know, at the same time, handball. Yeah. We heard it, and then the referee just plays on, and then you get the booze. After that, and that's what the fans thought of it, booing, um, because we were just like, couldn't believe it. And then you get the you not fit to referee, don't you? Yeah. I mean, um, in that first half, what I think the key was to uh, um, being in charge of it was how high we pushed our wing backs on. Yeah. There were so many times, uh, if you'd have done a freeze frame, 
and Marcel possibly would have been our highest player up the pitch. Yeah. And I think that was a real positive because it pushed pushed Reese James, who's one of the best right wing backs oh, in the he's, country. He's, he's a talent, Reese James. He's, he's it got pushed a shot him right everywhere. back, nullified him in an attacking sense, but also it got us up the pitch a bit. Um, so maybe Bruno's learned from the Liverpool and Man City matches that if we try and push a couple of players a little bit higher up, it can pen them back a bit and brings the game higher up the pitch. So I was pleased to see that. That's one reflection I'd share, really. I think, I think um, Marcel has done quite well. Obviously, coming last minute for Aitan Norrie, who has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, Bruno Large talked in his press conference how they've been working on Aitan Norrie's defensive side of the game. I think you've seen that. Um, have you or heard anything about... Um, the injuries to Ait Norrie or Wang, we've not really they've not really said, said anything clear. They've said nothing about it, and it's a bit of a mystery with the Willy Bolly. Um absence today's not been drawn on that, has he? He's keeping his cards very Very, close. very coy. Uh, I was talking with the uh, with the producer about this and um and it was very, very coy about what he said about Bolly and you know, it, it it was it was kind of like Will May talk more about this going forward. But I don't know what, do you think Bolly want is after a move? Do, what, do you think there's something more in it that is this injury? I, I, I don't know. He can't be happy that he's not getting picked. He's been a real top player for us over the past three, four he years. Has. He was one of the first players on the, on the, on the uh, you know, under new now. He'd been one of the, he was almost a shoe-in to play every game. Probably our best defender. But yeah. He can't argue at the moment about not being in the team because the three lads that are playing at centre-back are doing a fantastic job. And that's why we've only conceded, was it three more goals than Leeds have conceded in the last week or season? We last in one game, yeah. yeah. So he can't complain about not being in the team, um, but he probably feels disappointed he's not in the team. But... Manager's fully within his rights to keep him on the bench because who do you drop for him at the minute? Well, 100%. I mean, you have to say, I think, and uh, again, let's celebrate uh, the defence. Everyone has improved greatly since last season. I, I think that's a fair comment. You've, I think Connor Cody is in the form of his oh, career yeah. at Wolves. That tackle I mean, in the first half on the edge of the box. Amazing tackle, and of course, when a, a second again in the first half or the second half, I think it was when uh, they were attacking. There's a ball coming across, and he gets the right side of his man to block it. He's, he seems to be in the right place, um, you know. And you do worry when he goes down because we, we know he's been struggling with an ankle injury, and he gets back up again. Kilman's big, magnificent. He's so strong; he wins virtually everything in the air, and he's tall. And Soyes, I used to worry about Soyes. Yeah. Playing in the defence, but he, you know, I, I, he was kind of my man of the match today against Soyes. The way he played, the way he, yeah. he, he, he got some really important tackles. He's in the right place. Um, I'm going to be interesting to hear your man of the match in a minute. But yeah. I didn't go to Brighton's first game I've missed all season, so I kind of like he, he got the goal as well. So maybe that's why I kind of edged it to him, yeah. but. I think it's the, the the way we've been defending. We haven't conceded a goal, tell me if I'm wrong, from a set piece this season, have we? I've seen that stat flying around today. And um, you're absolutely right. We should be really proud of our 
um, defence. And obviously our defence is playing well, but it's a whole team uh, reason that we're so uh, difficult to break down the midfield, the attack. They all work really hard. And I think a lot of credit has to go to the manager for that because they're not new players that's doing it. Don't forget last season, we shipped four goals to Burnley, to West Ham, to Liverpool. Um, and they're so well coached and so well organised now that that gives us a great platform for the second half of the season. And if we can start to add, when the likes of Neto maybe come back, a little bit more magic in that final third, then we've only got to score one goal to win a match because you trust us to keep a clean sheet. I think it's seven clean sheets in 18 matches, which isn't far off. What is it, about 45%, something like that? Yeah. And that's a fantastic stat that any team in the league would be proud of. I think that's true. I mean, Clint Thornton says the defence is immense this season. They play like they enjoy it too. Surely we're the best in the league keeping that shout. Yeah. i tell you what, I bet Good you comments. Jose Sarr is in a lot of people's fantasy football team now, ain't they? Yeah, well, he's the top scoring goalkeeper in um, fantasy Premier League. I mean, he made a really good save again in the second half when he was needed. Yeah, yeah he, he didn't have an awful lot to do today, but he was coming out for corners and claiming them. He was looking to get us on the attack as soon as he could. Um, and that save from Pulisic, where he just sticks up a big hand, um, you know, that's a that's got us a point, that because he probably should have scored. Yeah, I mean, again, he was so fast to close down the angle and he, he made that save. I've been really, really impressed with him. Um, Paul, before we get on to your uh, match um, score and your man of the match, what are you, what were your thoughts on Hoover coming into the side for Samedo today? I can only assume he's carrying a knock, um, Samedo. Um, it's a bit like, remember when he left Ruben Neves on the bench against Leeds away? Yeah. Um, he didn't want to put him on the bench because he was injured, but he felt like he had to because there's no one else. Yeah. I can only think he's, he's carrying a knock because... I've been a crit critic of his in the past, but I think this season he's really stepped up his game. He's contributing very well defensively. He's offering good glimpses going forward as well. So I can only assume um, it's a knock because we haven't had fixture congestion. So I doubt it's a rest. Mm. You know, we've still got a good week until Watford. So must just have a knock. Must have a knock. Absolutely. And Paul, to finish off with, uh, let's uh, watch your match performance rating for this one. If you'd have asked me at half time, I'd have given it an eight. Yeah. I'll probably give it a seven overall. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm pleased with the performance. And uh, if it was just based on the defence, it'd be like a nine or ten. Yeah. But I think in the second half, we, we did fade and maybe lacked a little bit of quality when we did get the ball back. So seven, I'm saying... Man of the match, Marcel, for me. Marcel? Um, this is going to be interesting because we're, we now have the uh, the pundits vote and we uh, have the members vote towards the, 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 who, you know, the, who are actually watching and commenting at the end. So you're going to go with Marcel. Explain to me why you're going with Marcel. A number of reasons. I was thinking about it driving home because I knew he'd ask me. Um, it was his ball, I believe, which led to the disallowed goal. It was and, a great and, cross, yeah. And like Fantastic. I said, in the first half, I think he was a big reason for you know or speed in the ascendancy also i mentioned earlier reese james top player didn't have a kick no crosses no um chance to link up with his forward players and also on that side is mason mount who's got four in his last four didn't even know he's on the pitch today and i think marcel um 
who has had his critics from supporters. You could say he has his limitations. Today we saw his strengths. He's very solid, keeps his shape very well, not rash when he gets the ball. And he does have the ability to put a decent ball in, like we saw at Watford away as well. I tell you, I tell you that's point, and I think he's hungry because he was out the team. Obviously, Aiton Norris got injured, and as as always, Joe's uh, you know Bruno says if you got the shirt, it's yours to lose, and he's really seems hungry to hold onto the shirt because he knows if his performance levels slip, okay, Aiton Norris might be ca- uh, carrying that injury, but we've got Johnny coming back soon as well. Exactly. But you know you've got to perform, and that, I mean we, we, when we got Johnny back as well, down that side, we're going to have a lot of strength in depth. Oh, exactly. And I thought Hoover did all right. You know, yeah. I thought he he faded in the second half. I thought the first half he was thinking. I thought, and he made a he made a few straight passes. But I thought, I mean, he came on against Liverpool last minute, and he wasn't up to the pace of the game. And that's when they got the goal. But I thought it was good that he got an opportunity today. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. He did make one or two mistakes in possession. But um, it kept Alonso very quiet, who's an attacking left wing back. Um, also on that side was Ziyech, who got withdrawn, which tells you all you need to know about his performance after an hour, non-existent. So, yeah, for a 19-year-old lad playing against the um, European champions, I think he should be, um, you know, I think that he's had a good game today. Absolutely, mate. Paul, as always, you've got, you put on some great views. It's brilliant to have you on. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, getting you on first this time, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll we'll be able to talk more after the Watford game. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and uh, have a good Christmas, all the listeners that are tuning in. Absolutely, mate. Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. Cheers. Yeah, good to see you. Cheers, Paul. Bye bye. So that's Paul. Always comes across with some brilliant, brilliant views, and we do have some great guests coming up. Up next, we've got Max over there in Australia, Melbourne. Uh, then we've got the lovely Carrie that's coming on for her second appearance. And we're going to close the show uh, with Jack, who, again, is becoming a bit of uh, extra time royalty on here, who's uh, always listened to and um, give some great comments as well to close the show. So we're going to welcome on uh, Max. Hello, hey, Max. How are you going? Uh, good day, mate. Yeah, good morning. So eight o'clock. What time, what, what time were you watching the match today? Uh, it was uh, about like one a.m. I think. So one a.m. Not too bad. Yeah. yeah, not bad this time. I was able to get through the whole game pretty well. Yeah, I thought it was today was a alright performance from us. Yeah. And you know, just looking at our results from the top three teams, you know, Liverpool we. Consider very late. Man City, obviously a penalty, and Chelsea nil nil. I mean, just unbelievable. I think really good performances from the team today. I mean, especially I mean, just today I thought a decent performance in terms of you know how we were defending and you know stuff like that. And it was really, I think we were really rolled by VAR as well today, Dave. When I was looking at you know that Pedence goal and what happened with Kanto. I'll tell you what. I'm guessing you were celebrating that goal like the rest of us. Yeah, I was going crazy. And then when I saw what happened, I was like, I just couldn't believe it. It was un- it was really annoying to see. But they had, it t- I think they said 23 seconds it took for the um, ref to put the flag up, which was just, it was really annoying, Dave. Well, I've got to be honest, mate. I've um, 
watch, make sure everyone watches on the channel because I put the Dan Daniel Pedence goal up and you can see how we're celebrating um, the actual goal. And then I, I kind of like, we're celebrating. We've got the... And then it's like, I couldn't believe that it was disallowed because it was such a great I, goal I the way we moved the ball yeah. across. I know... They're saying about Raul and this, that, and the other was, but yeah, I'm not sure the keeper would have got to that anyway because it was going across, the, uh, across the pitch. But the, it is what it is with VAR. We get we, we it seems to happen to us all the time. There's loads yeah, of people say hi to you as well, Max. Yeah, hi everyone in the chat. Hope everyone's excited for Christmas this year. Yeah, I, I mean, Max, actually, whilst you're on, yeah, um, and we'll let. Talk about Christmas Day for you because you're in Australia and what's yeah. the it's December because yeah. for me and most of us over here in uh, in the UK December's yeah. a very cold month with yeah. potentially snow and well, you saw the conditions at Molyneux today but of course yeah. July and August is our summer but July, yeah. July and August is your winter in it yeah it is it's whereas December is your midsummer in it. Yeah, we're in summer right now. We're getting like 25 degrees a day usually right now. So the weather's so, pretty good. Uh, so uh, do you, uh, tell us what your Christmas day will look like. Oh, uh, well, no. have a Christmas tree up. Um, yeah, well, we don't have a green tree up. We have like a little white, we have like a white tree. But a we, white yeah, tree? Not, yeah, a little white tree. Yeah, I do have one up though after the Christmas decorations up. But yeah, how my Christmas normally is like. We, well, normally we have ours at lunchtime. So, like, I'd get up, you know, about eight o'clock. Yeah, get your Christmas presents out. Then I'd go to my auntie's house or something like that. And, yeah, we'd normally just spend the day there, you know, opening presents, having lunch together, you know, having dessert, just speaking, really. Yeah, we don't really have, like, over here, normally Christmas at the during the. You don't have a roast? Not. You don't have roast turkey? Nah, well, yeah, not really. I don't know. Well, not my family, at least. Normally we have. Do you have, do you have a barbie? Or, Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, not normally not on. Um, normally we have a uh, barbie on New Year's Eve or something like that. But not on Christmas. We normally have pasta like lasagna or, you know, chicken meatballs, you know, salad stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I just find it like in the middle of summer having Christmas. Yeah. Find it for us. Yeah, hard I know. Cute, but you're obviously yeah. used to it. But like, yeah, I've just yeah. thought that would be fast. But you do have a Christmas tree, even though it's white. But fair yeah. enough. Yeah. So, um, getting back to the game, what impressed yeah. you about Wolves today? Yeah, obviously, I think the defence, you know, our back three and have just been really constantly good for the team. Obviously, when you look at the results, you know, that's why we just keep playing them. Cody Sice and Kilman, they were just, yeah, very good today. I thought the defence, I mean, to stop the European champions, you know, from even scoring, you know, we were just, you know, as you said uh, with Paul, you know, early in that first half, you know, we were, you know, doing pretty decent, you know. Yeah, it just showed, I think, our back three are just doing really well this year. I mean, a big improvement. And just to see how the, the sides we're playing, the defence we've had, it's just, you know, it's just been really good. So, yeah, really happy with the defence today, in my opinion. Fantastic. And what are you going to go with your performance rating? Oh, yeah, I'd probably go with a seven. If I'm, I reckon, yeah, about seven. That's a very, I think, a solid performance, you know, to get a point out of, you know, our top three team is, yeah, very good for us, in my opinion. And your man of the match for you? Uh, I was going to go with Saez. 
You was going to go with Saeed. No, actually, no, I'm going to go with him, Saeed, yeah. Who's the other one that's in contention? Uh, I don't know, probably. Um, I don't know, to be honest. I, you know, maybe one of the other, you know, back three. I'd probably give it to uh, Cody. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good today as well, you know. Apparently you're going to go with Saeed? Yeah. Well, yeah, from the game of what I've seen, um, yeah, a lot of people and, you know, what I saw, yeah, he was good today. He was really good. And um, I think, yeah, he was a better, like probably our best defender today and, you know, stopping ch- ch- big Chelsea players and getting through to us. Absolutely. Well, Max, I think um, that puts it, that, that's with one vote for uh, Marcel and one vote for Saeed. And, of course, at yeah. the end, we're going to give all the um, all the people in the chat the chance to uh, to vote on the nominees. So we've got Marcel and Soye. So that's quite interesting. Yeah. Final thoughts for you from you on today? Oh yeah, I th- yeah. As I said, yeah, just a really solid performance from Wolves, you know. And you know, next week I feel like we can get a good result, hopefully three points against uh, Watford. I think are we played them at home. Watford at home. It's Watford at home at home on Boxing Day. Of course, Watford. Yeah. The last two games have been postponed because of the COVID situation. Yeah, so they could. Uh, they uh, could what be is, how is things over there with you in Melbourne at the moment? Have you got much of this Omicron? Stuff um. Over? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, we're getting over here. We're getting about like 1,600, 1,800 cases in Melbourne. Or something. I think maybe thirteen hundred. I don't know something like that. But Sydney are like double us. I reckon. That's yeah. what I've been hearing. But yeah. Um. Well, actually, yeah. I do have some cousins who've got um. I think one of them did get um, the Omicron and they, they can't even come to our Christmas now. So, yeah, it has been, yeah, it has been a bit, I don't know, for me, it hasn't been, well, some of the family can't make it, you know, yeah, it hasn't been too bad over here, not compared to England, but yeah, it is still affecting us over here, yeah, I would say that. But well, not you, too stay bad safe. you stay safe. And yeah. of course, you know, we want to wish you and your family over there in, uh, in Melbourne, in 25 degrees worth of sunshine yeah enjoying the sun when it's been yeah. cold and foggy and wet and miserable yeah <laughs> it is a bit sad yeah i yeah but you know it's, it must be nice you know getting inside it's a warm night at, at christmas having a turkey it must be really nice still over there every absolutely christmas. max well yeah. max all the all the best and uh, yeah. we'll look out for max i'm sure you'll send in your international family yeah i'll send it in uh yeah some next couple of hours all right max take care yeah. mate yeah, Merry Christmas, Dave. I'll see you next week uh, for the Watford game. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, mate. Thank you very much. Something that we need to come on for, or come on to, and I'm going to come on to it a little bit later, probably when uh, I talk to Jack at the end, already about the Boxing Day fishers. I actually talked about this as a suggestion myself before the game. And Manny's here also said about the Arsenal game, rumours of the games in the midweek next week will be postponed. Um, and we will. I think we need to come and talk a little bit about that towards the end. But I'll save that for when I get on to Jack at the last, because I'm sure Jack will have some insight and interesting as well on that. But next up, we're going to welcome. Hello, Carrie. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. And you were at the game today. I was at the game. Yeah, I was. And where were you sitting today? Billy Wright. You were in the Billy Wright, and I thought oh, Molyneux was in good in good form today. The fans, it was, yeah, it was. Although they put the attendance up, and I, I must admit, I didn't, um, I didn't think that there were thirty thousand six hundred there. I thought we were with those numbers today, but um, definitely a good singing voice as always. 
We, yeah, definitely. I thought that the last couple of games, we'd been a little bit quieter than normal. I think the weather doesn't help, does it? You know, when it's sunny and everything, no. so everyone's like, you know, when it's cold and everyone's there. It was freezing today as well. It was really cold today. I've got to tell you, my feet at the end, <laughs> my to my touches on my toes, they were really cold. It was it was freezing. I wasn't expecting it to be that cold either today, but it, it was, so... I, I know. Uh, Wolves F1, good evening. Carrie, good vibes. Adrian Jones saying hello. hello. Um, Cara, Kieran says hello, Carrie, which is really nice. Max is saying hello as well. Barry's saying hello to you. Um, if you like seeing Carrie uh, come on after the match, make sure you smash a like on the video and put a comment as well because um, I'm sure we can encourage you to come because it's always good to get the, uh, the, uh, the, the female fans' perspective as well at the game and uh, let, give me your thoughts on on the match as a whole i thought i thought first half arguably one of our best first halves of the season you know i thought we were solid again um defensively i thought second half we lagged i thought our passing second half you know was questionable at times well, I thought first off, we were really good. And, you know, to walk away with a point from Chelsea, as much as we all wanted the win, I think it was a good point to walk away from. So, yeah, I thought, you know, well, overall. You know, I was having a chat with some people at the end because I did the filming. I got a couple of people come over uh, on my Instagram reaction. <laughs> and um, they were kind of saying exactly that sort of point. Before the, before the match... Um, they were saying, I'll be happy with the point. But after the game, they were like, I feel like we could have got three. Yeah. So a little bit like a little bit like you, to be fair. Yeah, I absolutely. We... I, I think, I mean, I haven't seen the goal back yet. Um, and like you, we're obviously we're all celebrating. And then it was just nothing. Like it, it didn't come up checking possible offside. It didn't come up anything on the screens at all. It just wasn't there. And it was like, okay. Um, yeah, that, that's the thing that was really, really frustrating for me. And I don't know if anyone can throw it. There's a new, um, a new directive from the Premier League. But, you know, the, nothing came up other than there was a flag over on the thing. There's no communication. We're like left wondering. We just see, we yeah. see a flag go up, but that's 24 seconds after, after the, the goal's, goal's got, got in. Yeah. And you're like... And we're all going on. I mean, I don't know if you're me. I'm going on to the BBC app. I'm going on to Twitter. Yeah, to, to see what's going on. I phoned my brother. I was like, "Can you?" He's at home. My brother was at home, so I phoned him. I was like, "Why is that goal being disallowed?" And he he said to me because Raul was offside. I was like, okay, but it would have been nice. I mean, we're there watching you. It would have been I mean, nice to have some insight. This is one of the things that really gets me down and really annoys me. You pay your money, and I'm sure Jack has mentioned this as well. And you know, he's quite passionate about this. But you pay your money, you go to a game. And you're in the stadium and you're having to ring your brother. Is it your brother? Yeah. Your brother. You're having to ring your brother who's watching the match somehow to try and understand what's happened. That yeah. can't be right. No, it is frustrating. Why they're not pointing it up on the screens? I don't I don't understand the logic in not doing that. Well, Carl Whitehouse says VAR didn't intervene with the decision to the offside. But Carl, the thing that I say to that, if that's the case. Why did the flag not go up as the ball hit the back of the net? Yeah. Why did it take 
24 seconds for it to go up yeah. and it, it, i don't and i think it's because it did go to var it must have because why does the linesman let the players celebrate for 24 seconds and then just go offside makes no sense yeah. Their the, 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 the objective on the linesman is to, or the assistant referees is to let play go and then if there's a thing, then when they touch the ball or let the play go, pull the thing, but not to let the celebrations go on for 24 seconds. No. I mean, no. Manny says here, liners don't flag anymore, get back to basics, 100%. It's yeah. like they let the play go on, but 24 seconds. Yeah. They do, they let it go on way too. I mean, today is an exception, I think, 24 seconds. But any game that you watch now, either there or, or on TV at home, you're like, why is the flag not gone up yet? It seems to be taking forever. It, you uh, know, it doesn't I, seem like it's instantaneous anymore. Uh, Manny said he's watched online. There's no VAR screens on the TV either. Mm. It's, um, you know, the, 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 the lines run a light flagging offside. Yeah, they are, but not... 24 seconds that's a long long time but hey ho um i mean when you from from the billy Wright stand you must have been celebrating and then looked around and gone what yeah i literally had no clue at all all of a sudden i'd looked at the screen and it was like there was it's nil nil and i'm thinking i don't what did i miss i don't know where i must have missed it while i was celebrating but yeah. That, we were all celebrating. Yeah. Like I say, we were even doing the dirt, dirt, dirt celebration, yeah. you know. And, it came uh, up on the screens that there was a goal. Yeah. So it came up to tell it went up was a... The score changed as well. And this is why I've put the Daniel Pedence goal up uh, on my YouTube channel from the from the North Bank uh, so people can see in real time how we saw it and yeah. how we celebrated. So definitely watch that back, guys, um, yeah. after the uh, extra time is finished because it... I have it's it's about thirty four seconds. It will be part of my match vlog tomorrow. But sometimes you need to put these things up, and I just wanted to show how we're celebrating. And then it ain't a goal, but there yeah. you go. What did you think of the uh, the incident regarding the handball with uh, Kante and Daniel Pedence? I don't know how it wasn't a red. I mean, you know, you look at the one against Matinho and he hit his ribs, and. <laughs> You know, you think how how that was a blatant handball. I don't know how that wasn't given. I don't... It's frustrating. I mean, we, did you show handballs like we all did at the same like handball yeah. at the whole stadium? Yeah. It vibrated around the whole stadium and it went on for quite a while. Um, you know, and like you touched on earlier, though, we've come to expect that all these decisions go against us. So it's not a surprise that it wasn't given, but it's just frustrating. Well, the Reverend says suspicion decision as if they were waiting for a message from Mr. Big Betting Syndicate <laughs> before cancelling the goal. Kante was a straight centre. And I think yeah. Kante played well for Chelsea. Yeah. Um, Adrian Jones saw the video, Dave. The flag went up late. Yeah. Um, Barry says you seem almost paranoid about celebrating. You do. Absolutely. You celebrate. You're like, should I? Should no? You know, what should I do? And that's what's really... I mean, I, I'm, I'm an advocate, personally, for VAR. I think, you know, it, it's got a place, but it just... And I think it has been probably better this year in some of the tolerances. Yeah. But this, the um, the interaction with the fans in the stadium... Yeah. ...has got to be better. It's got to be better. Well, absolutely. It wouldn't have took a lot to put that on the screen today. It's not like you're asking for miracles, really, is it? For for something to be put on the screen to be communicated. 
Uh, Jake said here, Newcastle, I've seen this, had a stonewall penalty not given today. Now, if you've not seen this, watch it on Match of the Day tonight. Um, or, you know, if you're listening to this back, check out the Match, in, match of the Day on iPlayer. Because I've seen this penalty and how it was not given. Big six sides seem to get every call from refs. We saw it against Man City last week. We saw it against Man United early in the season. Yeah. Uh, it's against against... Tottenham. I mean, that, that was a straight red for Harry Kane. I don't know whether you've seen that today. That tackle I've was seen, a straight red. It. No sending and, off. Uh, Liverpool got a player sent off, which was fair. Maybe was yeah. less obvious than the Harry Kane. I was yeah. listening to it on Talk Sport on the way back, and they were saying it's because he's England captain. He's not got sent off. Exactly what they were saying. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what they were saying, actually, on Sky Sports. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and, I mean, I like, you know, Harry Kane's great and he's England captain and everything, but he was reckless. But red's a red. It high. doesn't matter who you are. He was out of control. It should have yeah. been a straight red. I mean, it was studs up and that's like, the, the, I was listening to it on TalkSport and they said if his leg had been in another position, slightly different position, it would have been a break. I know. And this all comes back to the VAR and the decisions that get made. Yeah. And you do wonder if the I mean, I know Tottenham were playing Liverpool today, but you do you do wonder if there's there is favouritism. I mean, I like to think there isn't, but you do start to think, why is it that they seem to these so called bigger six teams get the decisions and the likes of us and Newcastle and you've seen Burnley and you know, yeah. other teams seem to not get the decisions. Well, they're creating that that controversy, aren't they, themselves, by giving all these decisions because they're not right. They're completely wrong. Um, these decisions are wrong. It's not as if you can argue that, oh, maybe it was on the cusp. You know, some of these decisions are clear-cut and they're not being given, so you then have to start questioning why. You, you, you absolutely do. You absolutely do. But, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, you take the point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely take a point against Chelsea. I would like three, if I'm honest, but I'll take a point. And <laughs> we'd all have liked the three. You know what, I was I went, I was I was kind of like thinking maybe today's today's the day uh against a team where we get a late a late goal and we, we win it. But we we've got Triori on, but again Bruno makes the change quite late. He never really got in the game, did he? No, I don't think so. I don't think he really had any impact on the game at all, if I'm honest. Um, I think the fans were calling for him to come on maybe uh, from the yeah. 60th minute. Um, you know, he didn't I get... I thought the had a, great, had a good game, though. But, I mean, I also think we need to talk, and I'll talk more again with this with Jack when he comes on in a minute. Raul? I don't I, think he was himself today, and I think it showed that he got took off. I mean, yeah. why? 89 minutes, questionably. But, you know... I th- he didn't quite seem himself today, I don't think. But no, then... I mean, he was trying and huffing and puffing, but yeah. he, he didn't. I, I thought he, he, it's like I, I found, like, I talk, did my uh, instant reaction after the game, and I never even, none of us even talked about Raul. No. Which was a rarity. And that was kind of like because he never really impacted the game much. No. I thought Daniel Pedence in the first half was. To me, yeah. he was going to be my man of the match up until the I, second. I think he's great. Oh, he's, we need attacking players like him. Like Neves, now, he's become like a really attacking player. Pedence yeah. will go for it. He'll go for the ball. And that's what we need. And it showed today. I think he, he did really well first half. 
He did, and, and and we just never really got. I mean, we'd never really got a grip of the game in the second half. We kept giving the ball away. It was relentless Chelsea pressure, and um, you know, the stats say that they had more possession, more shots, but yeah. both teams only had one shot on target. And um, I think Wolves probably were edging the stats at half time, but Chelsea were dom- dominant in the second half. We just couldn't get a grip of the game. We kept they were yeah. closing us down. I think they, I think they might have changed the formation, brought a striker off, brought in an extra midfielder. But the defence were magnificent. Saar only had to make one fantastic save, which he did. He pulled. He's there, like Manny said in the in the chat. He was, uh, when we needed him, he was there. What a signing Saar's been for us, really. You know, I mean, he's been brilliant, to be honest. I mean, that save against Pulsic today, I thought was brilliant. Um, and I don't know whether it's him, but then the three defenders in front of him, you know, um, Cody Kilman, Saiz, I think they've just all have clicked. It just seems to have clicked defensively at the minute. And obviously that's our strongest area and it shows. Another clean sheet today. Another clean sheet. Uh, Clint, we could do with a more forward-thinking midfielder, Quinn, unlike Jordo, who was on the bench today. Uh, so he's obviously getting close uh, to fitness. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And um, Joe, Jake said, Donk has to score the header. We haven't come on to that yet. But it, uh, to be honest, it was a great ball in. Was it Neves that, or Pedence that floats the ball in? I can't think who it was. But he was in the six-yard box and he got the, he got it on target. But to me, he's got to be doing better with that header. Yeah. Again, I thought Donk was quiet today. Like, it wasn't until that happened, really. You're like, oh, yeah, he's on the field. You know, I thought he was he was quiet today, um, but you know you can't be brilliant every match. You know he did well, solid again. So, but yeah, he has got to be doing better on those headers. And normally he's quite good on the headers, isn't he? Yeah, you know, we've he's... seen him score some goals off headers, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, he just didn't have the power or the direction. In the end, it was kind of like a nice, easy save for Mendy. I don't know whether the, I just felt. That it was a real big a big chance, and it's, when you get chances like that, you've got to be you've got to be finishing it. I guess, uh, especially against Chelsea, you know, you've got to take your chances when you get them. And I think today it was a good game, but it wasn't an exciting game. You know, it wasn't. You know, you weren't jumping out your seat, and I think, and you know, against the likes of Chelsea, fine that you'll take whatever you can get. But yeah, you've got to be taking those chances. You've got to get on the end of them and make the most of them, haven't you? You have. And, I mean, he was in the right position, but be interesting to see how that, obviously, again, you know, Wolves have got a very thin squad to January and there's Mm. going to be all sorts of rumours and speculation but about strengthening. I think Bruno keeps talking about strengthening and, I mean, does anyone know if the AFCON is still going on? After, I mean, because that's been rumoured that it might... I mean, that gets called off, that helps us out a bit, but it means I feel sorry for Saiz and uh, and Bolle, but, um, you know, it'd be interesting. So, Carrie, your performance rating? I think I'd agree with the guys. I think it's about a seven. I think, you know, that's good. I think they're on, on the ball with that, a seven. And your man of the match, let's see your uh, nomination. See, I was toying between Saïs and Cody. And I think yeah. given that you've gone with Saïs, I'll go with Cody. Oh, so given, so we've, we've now got Marcel, Saïs yeah. and Cody for him to, uh, to vote on. Yeah. Which is interesting. So we're going to be interesting to see what who Jack plumps for because he's kind of got the casting vote. Well, we might go for a fourth player and then we've got four on it. But absolutely fantastic. Uh, final thoughts from you? Good point. Good game. Solid first half. Improving. We're improving. 
Absolutely. And thank you for coming on again, Carrie. I appreciate it. That's no it. problem. And uh, you, uh, you have a Merry Christmas as well, but no doubt we'll talk in the week anyway. Yeah. And you, Dave. All right. Take care, mate. See ya. Cheers. Uh, that's Carrie giving a, a very confident uh, perspective and thoughts. Good to, as, as I say here, to, from the female fans as well. And she talks really, really well. A lot more confidence on her second appearance. It's all, when, you, when you come on this show... Uh, when you make your debut, it's a bit nervy for everyone. But once you've got that one out of the way, it's kind of like, yeah, I can do this. And she did, uh, spoke really, really well. And to close the show uh, today, we have... Thank you for waiting so patiently at the end of the, at the back end of the show today. Jack, how are you? No problem. Oh, I'm all right, mate. Dave, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yeah. I mean... Um, you know, it's been a it's a, a decent point. We could have maybe had three, but then you think, oh, we could have lost it potentially, but we didn't. We got the point. What's your thoughts on the match? Where, where were you watching today? You... I think it's better than a decent point. I think it's an excellent point. I think, you know, I mean, because I, I, on the way back, I looked at the match report and it said COVID ravaged Chelsea. And I'm thinking, hang on a second. Yeah. The team that they've put out there, is still more than good enough for a Premier League. I know that I know they've got COVID. I'm not disputing that, but that's still a fantastic team that they've put out today. Do you know and what? We, and we more than match them. More. Do you than know what, them. Jack? It really, really gets it, it annoys me because you just know whatever the result today, it's going to be COVID ravaged Chelsea. This is Chelsea that have got about 700 players. Okay, maybe an over-exaggeration, but they've got two or three squads. Wolves, they've got twice the amount of players that Wolves have got. And like like you said, the players that they're putting on the pitch. And then they, they're like, boo-hoo. It's like, oh, dearie me, we can't play because we've got some people out. We've got players with COVID. We've got players out long-term injured that are key players. You know, we've got like, you can count them all off how many players we've got out of our squad. You know, we've got like under 23s on the bench, and like they're you hear Thomas Tuchel or whatever his name, Tuch, Thomas Tootsweet, who's bloody bemoaning on oh, we tried to get the we tried to get the match postponed. It's like get on with it, stop moaning. It's like it annoys me because we've had we've still we've got a much smaller squad than what they've got, and they're still moaning. It's like it works for them all the other times when they've got massive squads. And they can like just change a player for a player, you know. And they've got like however many they can bring nine off the bench, and every single player is worth about fifty million. It it gets my goat. Sorry, Jack. No, I, I totally agree. I I think that's the whole point of having a squad, isn't it? So that if you do get injuries or you have people unavailable, the quality in the team doesn't diminish to the to the point where, for the likes of ourselves, for example, we're probably not even the most extreme example. There are other teams that suffer even more when they have key players that are injured. You know, yeah. Chelsea's bench today cost more than our starting eleven. Well, look Their at this. I've just, just Manny's just put, they had 150 million on the bench. Their starting yeah. eleven was apparently worth about 500 million. I mean, it just, it boils me. It really does. It's like, well, how they can, be mo how they can moan. And that's what it was. We'd have won today, I was telling because we had so many people out because they've got COVID or we've got injuries. It's like, yeah, we've got players out as well. And that's yeah, what I mean, gets me. It was, There's always like an excuse. When, when, 
when they were talking about it before the game, Chelsea got COVID and etc. I was thinking, oh, I wonder when the team comes in. I wonder how, how serious it is. And then you look through, you got Mendy, Aspilicueta, Silva, Rudiger, Alonso, the Kante. You know that that's still a world class eleven that they've put out there. There's not one player on that pitch for them. Which gets to maybe Chalabar, who's, who's a young lad coming through, isn't he? Who isn't a top level Premier League player? It, and and you know, COVID is 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 really serious, and we shouldn't be sort of making light of it. But the point is, teams have a squad. You have a group of players, and if players are unavailable, other players step in. That's the whole point of a squad. Exactly right. So I don't. If they have flu outbreak, it's the same thing. Yeah, and, and I know there's issues with because if players are unvaccinated, they have to isolate if they're a close contact, etc. So you can it can spread quite quickly through a squad. You can have a lot of players unavailable, sort of out of nowhere. But to be, because I mean, I was I was at, at the ground in the, in the bar just after eleven o'clock, to be honest, and we still weren't sure whether the game was even going ahead. And then you well, get a thing you, coming through you saying about the game before the day before yeah. Villa versus Burnley. Yeah, it, it it's ridiculous, isn't it? The Premier League should, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, should have come out a couple of days ago and said either all the games are off this weekend. Or all the games are on, and if you have to play your under twenty threes, hard luck, because you, yeah, you, can't, you need... can't pick and choose which games you call off based on on circumstances that that are individual to each club. Because you've now got a situation in the league where some teams have got three, four games in hand on others. Now, personally, I'd, I'd always rather have the points on the board. Yeah, but... I mean, I, I'm kind of the same sort of thing, but it's it's hard because there needs to be some directive. Because if you've got a squad of 30 players and you've got a squad, I mean, as like Jake says, we've used 18 players all season, broadcasted at the least in the whole league. The proportion of how many injured, ill with COVID is different because, yeah. you know, you, you, it's all more to do with the proportion of your first team squad, I think. But the, the, no one really knows what the, the criteria is. And I think that the frustrating thing is when they call something off two hours before kickoff, like I feel for the Burnley fans, they had one postponement because of snow. Then there were travelling Burnley fans travelling all the way to Watford. And then that gets called off two hours before. That's costing time and money. And then they're going up to play Villa. And again, you know, as fans, you, you're spending money and you get, and then it gets called off. It needs to, it, it's it's a bit late for it to be like called off. And I feel for the for the fans, but I do think the Premier League have got it right in the fact that for me, if they have a break and they stop the league now, then then when does it start? You stop it. When do you stop? Because they, if you have a break like some have called for, some of the managers have called for, and a reset. You've got to get back into training. You think, when do you start? And the other thing that we have to bear in mind is the fact that the Premier League is starting early next year, next season, because of the World Cup. So there's a less of a, there's, there's less of an opportunity to push these games at the back end of the season like there was a couple of years ago. And I was talking uh, before the match. If One of the things I think would be the sensible thing to do, and... Funnily enough, it seems like they're talking about it. I think Manny 
and a few others have mentioned it. If there's one game that they should, they, they could have an argument for saying let's not play that game and put it back. It would be the game in between Boxing Day and New mm-hmm. Year, which would be the equivalent to the Arsenal game, because they do have an automatic break around about the 15th or the 16th, which they could put that game back to. Um, because with with squads being small because of COVID and stuff like that, and playing a lot of games in quick succession, if they do pick up injuries, they're less able to cope. So taking that game and moving it seems to be a sensible option or compromise in the middle to, 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 to get through it. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I can see that. My only sort of scepticism would be I think if we're going to start postponing whole rounds of fixtures, there has to be a reason. So if we say, right, we're going to take out this midweek uh, round of games, they have to say to the clubs, right, get your issues sorted, get your outbreak under control, you know, shut your training ground for a week if you need to, isolate the pl- whatever it is that you need to do, because on this date, the fixtures are all back on regardless. Because otherwise, yeah. all, all teams will do is they'll say, oh, but the next game coming along, oh, we've still got seven cases. Can we push our next game back, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to end up in a situation like we are at the minute where I think we had four out of ten games have been gone ahead this weekend. Well, all of Saturday was virtually wiped out. I mean, Gary Lineker put a tweet out saying this is the running order and it was one game. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Yeah. There yeah. was one game. It, it, it's it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, like, like we've said, COVID is a really serious problem and when we shouldn't be sort of trivialising it. But I think we're going to be in a situation where clubs are going to be trying to get any kind of advantage that they can. You know, I mean, I mean, let's be let's be serious about it. If we'd have turned up this morning and, and Saar, Neves, Jimenez and Cody had tested positive, we'd want the game called off. Because we're thinking, oh, we can't play Chelsea without all those players. So, you know, I think every club is probably in, in a similar position where you kind oh, of... Oh, yeah, 100%. But then yeah. you, we've got a much smaller squad, so it would yeah. be a higher percentage, potentially. Like yeah. you say, the starting eleven for uh, Chelsea today is, like someone said, about 500 million. They've got 150 million on the bench, whereas Wolves is a much smaller squad. And these bigger squads do have advantages um, for, the obviously, these top teams have got more money, they can have more players, they can play on better wages, they can have the best players. And maybe on this occasion, it's a little bit of a disadvantage because they've got bigger squads because they've got more resources to call players for. So that's why I think it should be a proportion. If we, if like all you, all you, the whole of your midfield is wiped out, is that one argument? If it's just, say there's five players and all of your midfield's wiped out, but if it's spread across the team and you've got backup player, how... I think that, that that's the thing we don't know is how do they work it out? How do... that, that that's why I'm saying it should be either all the games are off or none of the games are off because otherwise you're going to end up in a situation where like like Duchel this this afternoon was saying we wanted the game called off. We're not very happy about about why it was played. Now the Chelsea team that have played today arguably is stronger than our team. Yeah, and we've got we've got two COVID cases. They've got seven. Yeah. So you know, at what point we've do you kind got of say well? Well, tough, get on with it, is, is kind of what he's been told the Premier League have said to him. Now, I'm pretty sure the Premier League haven't said tough, get on with it. They've probably said, well, you know, I mean, I don't even know, is is there a percentage of the squad? Is there a, a, a golden number for, for him you've got to have? We, nobody knows or seems to know. So, uh, like I said, at what point do we kind of, you know, 
draw a line because otherwise, like you've just said, teams could lose their entire defence to an outbreak. And then because it's only three or four players, get told by the Premier League where you've got to play. Yeah, so, and that, that's, what, that's, that's what I think. If you're losing like your entire midfield or your entire defence, then you haven't got the resources to bring in. But if you'd spread across various different positions, most teams have got players that are versatile, such as Wolves. You know, we've got players like Dendonka can drop into the defence if need be. You know, you've got players that can do that. And I think most yeah. teams, have can, teams have got a player that can adapt. But if you lose, like, all of your defence, you can't drop all your midfielders into there. So there is a, a certain argument. So what we don't know is how they work it out based off everything. I think there needs to be a bit more transparency. Personally, yeah. I'm all for... I'm all for for saying okay that that Arsenal fixture, which is, I think that midweek fixture will, might go, and I think the argument will be like what you said. Right, there's your break. You need to make sure you're on top of everything. You know, you make sure that your players have got your vaccines and whatever. I mean, Wolves players today. Is it any surprise that Wolves have got less COVID outbreaks when we've got all of our squad that are vaccinated and we know that across the Premier League and even the English Football League, something like 30 to 35% of players have not even had a vaccine and they're getting the outbreaks. And I know it doesn't stop you from getting COVID, but it makes it less likely that you get COVID if you got vaccinated. And the, all of the Wolves staff and players after the match today, I've seen like, you know, they've had their boosters today after the game. Yeah, and- I mean, I think what we've got to be careful of is... is- being vaccinated doesn't mean you're not going to get COVID. You could still no, get it, and you could and you could still be quite poorly. But I think from a purely from a footballing point of view, not to take it political, purely from a footballing point of view, if you are double jabbed and if you've had your booster, you then don't have to isolate if you come into contact with a positive case. Yeah. Which means, for example, in our squad at the minute, when Fabio and Mosca are test positive earlier on in the week, it doesn't affect the rest of the squad. They can carry on training as normal and prepare for the game. Whereas other teams that aren't all double vaccinated or aren't sort of in that position, that's why it spreads quite quickly through the squad because you get a positive case and that means three or four players then have to isolate or then have to whatever it is. So I think that's probably why, you know, vaccination is more important. But I do think, again, ultimately vaccination is a choice, isn't it? We can't We won't get into the ins and all no. the outs of... Um... Of all that, because it's you know people have different opinions on it. I've yeah. got uh, my opinion, and you know is you know try and keep everyone safe. But yeah. people have a, people have their opinions on it. But like Wolves have obviously bought into the fact that as a as a whole group, and then you do like you say we have we've had one or two cases because you still can get it, but you're less like you you're more likely not to get it if you've had the vaccine because it does give you that protection and obviously seriously ill but aside from that i think we need some clarity from uh the premier league and the fa on what the regulations are and how they're going to go forward and then we've just got to deal with it but at the end of the day you it's this omicron thing is concerning for everyone in everyone's daily lives isn't it but they got the game on today and we got the points Getting back onto the nitty gritty of the uh, the game, who Im- who impressed you today? Um, I mean, I think again the back the back three and the goalkeeper were great again, weren't they? I mean, I think Chelsea had one shot on target all game, 
which, you know, considering they're the European champions and the quality that they had on the pitch, I think that's testament to how well we defended in terms of keeping the shape, keeping organised. You know, I think Cody had a really good game in terms of getting everyone organised. He was making the, the last-ditch blocks, wasn't he, and getting in, in some good positions to intercept the ball. Kilman, we know, we've talked about Kilman a lot on your show, haven't we, about how much he's stepped yeah. up this season. I thought Sace had one of his better games. I thought he was really good against Brighton in the week. I mean, I was watching it on, on television, so you get a slightly different view. Yeah, it's not often me and you miss, mate. No, 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 no. But we um, both yeah. Brighton. Is there any coincidence? Uh, <laughs> and, and, and then we win. I know. So, but um, and you know, um, Saar. I think the thing with Saar is the confidence he gives to everybody else. I mean, because oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, again, the defenders can rely on him. There was a couple of times where the ball was played into a dangerous area, and they left it because they knew he would be there to come and get it. And that's so much more impressive as a defender when you know if I leave that ball, if that ball goes past me and beats me he's going to get it rather than, oh, I better stick my leg out and, and block it or try and get something on it because they know that he's there to, to back them up. He I mean, loves a clean sheet, he does, so... Well, it's it's what you you base your game on because if you get a clean sheet, you're not going to lose the game. And, yep. and that's, that sounds like a, something that Michael Owen or Paul Merson would say because it sounds over simple. But that's the reality, isn't it? If you keep a clean sheet, you're not going to lose the game. So build around your defence, build around that solid base... And then you can start adding the attacking players, the flair, the creativity. I think Bruno's going about it in completely the right way. He obviously looked at the start of the season and said, this is how I want to play, attacking football, throwing players forward, exciting to watch, fantastic. We lost four of our first five games and we didn't score in any of those four games yeah. that we lost. Yeah. And I think, in a way, that kind of he, he sort of said, oh, hang on a second. I don't want to be sort of 10 games in, seven defeats or something, and the fans are sort of starting to question me. Because, I mean, we all have to be honest, when he came in, there was a lot of scepticism about who he was and his, his track record and his lack of experience, etc. And, and, you know, huge shoes to fill with Nuno, absolutely massive. But I think the pragmatism is shown in terms of, right, let's grind out some results, let's build around our strength. Our strength is our organisation, our leadership at the back, that shape and that structure. And he's built the rest of the season around that. If you take those first five games out of it, since then we've got 22 points from 13 games. That's, That's really, a phenomenal really return of points. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and a lot of those That's games. included, like, in the last few games as well, having to play, you know, the, the top three title changes within four yeah. games. Yeah. And, and in those three games against them, they've scored two goals, one of which was a penalty that was never a penalty. And yeah. the other one was a 94th minute goal. Yeah. So, and, you know, it, it, like I said, that, that's the complete the right way to do it, to build around that base. And then you can start, whether it means in January we can get some players in or whether Bruno can then look and say, well, actually, I trust this defence to expose them a little bit more and to start pushing up the pitch or to start playing more attacking sort of style or, or changing the formation, tweaking it, pushing someone forward, like a Pedence maybe, and playing him in, in the midfield and just saying, just go and, and, and break that line between midfield and attack. And I'll trust Kilman, Cody, Sace and Semedo, whoever, to, to block up and, and to, to sort that out, whether that's what he's going to do. I'd like to think so, because then that that he's, he's allowed to do that because of how well we've defended up to now. Yeah, exactly. And he's putting it, I mean, at the halfway stage of the season, almost one more game, and then we're at the halfway stage, which is uh, after the Watford game. You know, if you've got like, you know, if, if we do win that game, you know, we might not, you know, 
Watford a scrap. If we'd say we won that game, we got 27 points. That would mean if we repeated that in the second half of the season, we're up to about 50, 54 points. That's well safe. Uh, I'm hoping that we get the points. And, you know, it's looking looking at the table. And um, let's. I'm going to come on to that, looking at the table and the points in a second. But before we get on to that, I want you to give us your performance rating and your man of the match so we can give everyone in the chat to vote on their man of the match. And then we can talk about the league position and the points and okay. uh, looking ahead. Yeah, so my performance rating would be an eight. Pushing up to, I'll go, I'll go 8.5. I've got 8.5 because I thought we were really good today. And I thought, like I said, we more than matched them. The first half was probably as well as we've played against those top three teams. I know we, we talked, didn't we, after the Liverpool and, and the City games about the fact that we did a lot of defending. We were very, very deep. But we weren't in the first half today. Yeah. We, we were adventurous. We were aggressive. We got up the pitch. We looked to, to stretch the, the play, stretch the game, which was really positive to see. Second half, Chelsea stepped it up and it was as simple as that. It wasn't anything that we did particularly. They were just really, really good second half. We couldn't get the ball back at times, could we? And it was, and again, testament to the defence that we that we sort of grinded out the nil-nil in the end. Although, saying that, they didn't really create too many chances. One real chance, wasn't yeah. it? Which star was there for? That Star was made, a, made a terrific save, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, man of the match. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really, really awkward. And, uh, what are you going to go with? Ruben Neves in. So, oh my God! So we've yeah. got we've got Marcel, right, yeah. we've got Soyes, we've got Cody, we've got Nevis. Right, guys, what we need to do, right? You've got four nominations in the chat. Uh, we've got Soyes, we've got Marcel, we've got Neves, and we've got Cody. You, those are the four you have to pick through. So the overall man of the match, which one are you going for? This is like Strictly Come Dance, and this is we've had the judges vote, and now we've got the uh, the audience vote. So in the chat, and if the producer could count the votes up for us as they come along, um, Cody Neves, Soyes, or who's the other one? Who's the other one now? <laughs> Cody Neves, Soyes, Marcel. Marcel, there we go. So you put your votes, the producer will count up the votes for us. So um, I'm just going to, coming back to the points, um, and obviously we can, 24 points, if we get something out of Watford, we could be on 25, 27, which is a good position. I would hope that puts us in a strong position to know that we're going to be, you know, we're going to win at least four more games between now and the end of the season which is probably because you're going to be looking at 36 to 80, 38 points is kind of that safety mark. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we can strengthen in the January window um, and we can push on. Looking at the table as it is now, there does seem to be a gap opening up, be- you know, between the top seven and the rest. And I think it's going to be hard for us to get into that seventh place, Tottenham, you know, their West Ham potentially could be caught, potentially. But, like, to get in the top seven, top six is going to be a bit of a task. I think if we go on a run, it could happen. But it's looking like eighth, really, where we're looking at sitting at the, at this point in time. So, maybe we, we, we could have a run for Europe or, or not. But top half finish, I think, we would accept this year, especially after the start. I would hope that Bruno Large would be confident in his team and the position and the points, that we can have a real crack at the FA Cup. What do you think, Jack? 100%. And I, and I think, actually, going back to what we've been discussing, 
if teams are having a fixture pile up and then they have to prioritise league games over FA Cup games, that will probably play into our hands a little bit more again, won't it? I mean, yeah. I think when we had Nuno in charge for those four years, the only sort of cup competition he took sort of massively seriously was the the FA Cup in the first year in the Premier League where we were we were comfortably top half, weren't we? We, we weren't going to break into the top four. We weren't going to get dragged into the bottom half. And he played a strong team all the way through and we got to the semi-final. Then after yeah. that, there wasn't anything at all, was there? I mean, last year we had that great opportunity against Southampton, didn't and we, in the, the last 16. And he, and he made a lot of changes and, and, you know, a lot of people were frustrated by that. I mean, Bruno was, played, was played yeah, Bruno played quite strong teams in the, in the League Cup, didn't he, at the start of the season? I mean, I saw you at Forest, didn't I, right at the start? Yeah, and we said, yeah, yeah. that's a much stronger team than I thought it needed to be. Yeah. And obviously they really enjoyed it and they played some great football and we should have beaten Tottenham as well on, on, on the second round as well, yeah. shouldn't we? Yeah. So, like you say, I hope if we get to sort of the Sheffield United game, we've got enough points in the bank that Bruno thinks actually these players can go and can take us into into that, that competition and, and Sheffield United will be a tough game. It's a, it's a proper... Oh, it's, game, it's no it? doubt it'll be a tough game because, you know, they've come down from the Premier League. They're having an interesting season, but it's a home game yeah. against the team in the Championship that have got probably other priorities of trying to make a, a run for the playoffs. I'm taking it that Gibbs White will be, um, who's been quite key for them, he'll be cup-tied, won't he? Uh, well, you'd hope someone at, at Wolves, when they did that deal, put in the contract that he can't play if we get drawn. You'd hope someone has done that, wouldn't you? Because yeah, it's inevitable. Be with Gibbs White playing against us in the cup. He'd score, wouldn't he? He would score. Yeah, it'd be inevitable, but let's just hope he's not. He's not going to play, it and we can obviously we can get through. And and once once you get through the draws, the draws there, isn't it? I mean, you could you could get drawn against Manchester City, and you think, oh, well, that's that done for a year, or you could get another football league club and and push on again. You're you're only four or five wins, aren't you, from from Wembley? Once you get into this point, so well, once you get through the, uh, I think it's the uh, the third and the fourth round, you're into the last sixteen, aren't you? Yeah, so again, you know, and if we're at that point that's again... one game away from a quarter-final. Yeah, and, one, and once you're there, you can start dreaming, can't you? And you can start... Mate, I'm still dreaming. I'm still dreaming about that semi-final, mate. That... <laughs> it's nightmare a nightmare a dream, wasn't it? But, um, it's a nightmare. Yeah. You're not know. wrong. I've still, I've still not watched it back, you know, even two or three years later. I've still not watched don't, it. Don't, don't put yourself through it, honestly. I, I, I had to go. I had to go and watch England play at Wembley just so I could say I'd seen a team win there. It was it was so sort of eating away at me that Watford game. It was oh, it, it's Wolves in it. It's, it's what it's, we do. It's so Wolves all over. Yeah. I'm so like I say, my dad. It's his lifelong dream to go to Wembley final, sing goodbye with me, and I, I really hope it happens. Which is why I so want Wolves to win the FA Cup. It, it would be unbelievable, and there's no reason. We can't beat any team on our day. We can. With, with the players yeah. that we've got, we can do it. Merv says Morgan Gibbs White can't play. It's in the rules. So that's good news. There we go. That's that's. Um, yeah. Carl says loan deals can't play against parent clubs. Uh, quite interesting. Um, do we have um, a winner, producer? Yeah, so the chat vote have taken the nominees. And we can we can convert with a drum roll. It's Cody. Connor Cody. <laughs> They've gone with Connor Cody. The captain. They've gone with Connor, who has been playing incredibly well. But there we yeah. go. Um, 
you know, final thoughts from you before we finish the uh, this one, mate? Uh, again, delighted with the result today. I think we'd have all took that before the game, wouldn't we? I know, again, there's all that stuff with the COVID, how strong were Chelsea going to be. Whoever they put on the pitch was going to be a, a challenge for us. And, and we rose to the challenge today. And we more than deserved our point, didn't we? I know we talk about, did we deserve it? Did we earn it? Which one is it? Today, we deserve that point. And it just puts us all in a really good position going into that, that Christmas break. Whatever happens with the fixtures, how many we play, whatever. We're in a great position to be in. You know, we support the best football club in the world, don't we? 100%. And, and that, right. and, you know, and you can't ask for anything else than that, can you? You can't, mate. Yeah. And uh, this is going to be the last extra time before Christmas. Um, you know, there'll probably be some stuff coming up before Christmas. I've got, we'll have the, the preview for Watford. We've got the international fan. We've got the, of course, we've got the match vlog from yesterday. But, um, guys, thank you ever so much for supporting um, all the content that we put out here. Please smash a like on the video. It really means a lot. I am on, uh, as a channel, 29,700 and something subscribers. I'd really love to get to 30,000 subscribers before the end of the year. So if you could twist a few arms, that would be uh, amazing. And um, Jack, again, thank you for coming on. You always no talk problem. a lot of sense. People really love you. Uh, people really love you coming on, on to and you talk a, a lot of sense. We've had some good debate today and talking about some interesting subjects as well. And uh, what we'd also like to say to all you guys that are in the chat, all you guys that listen on the podcast, all you guys that watch it back, whichever content, just want to make sure that we say a merry, merry Christmas, lots of love to you and your family and friends, wherever you are in the world, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, uh, we really want you to have a wonderful Christmas and just take care of yourself, keep yourself and your family safe. And we'll see you on the the next extra time will be obviously post Christmas. And uh, but there is other content coming up in the meantime. So from myself and from Jack, all the best. Merry Christmas. Always wolves. Always wolves. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.